Hello, you're listening to Our Walk, the podcast that speaks to real people with real stories about a real God. My name is Steve. And I'm Luke. And this week we're speaking to Ellie. Here we are, back again. Luke, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Steve? I am not too shabby, you know? Not too shabby. <laughs> Ellie, have oh, you had sorry. a good week? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> little inside joke there, that uh, I'm not going to tell the audience. <laughs> yeah, if you know, you know. If you yeah. don't know, you missed out. Sorry. So, Ellie, how, how are you? Good. Yeah? For anyone who doesn't know me as Ellie, I'm also going by Eloise. Well, I'm going to so. call you Eloise. We had this conversation before we met. Oh, you weren't sure which call. Well, me. because I always say Eloise, and he's like, "Do you just intentionally call her Eloise? Has she told you to call her Eloise?" Yeah. Like, no, I just call her Eloise. So I'll like probably say the Eloise. The closest people Eloise. to me do call me Ellie, so that's, that's right. Well, tricky. Steve's obviously closest. Somehow, to I've jumped. I've jumped yeah. over the <laughs> over that first barrier because I called you Ellie from day one. I've got a long way. To I think go, you were really. introduced to me as Ellie. So really? I, yeah, I think so. Who? Introduced to you? Probably James or someone, wasn't it? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know, but I can go back to Eloise if you want to push me back down the page. No, 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 it's fine. (laughs) Ellie's fine, it's fine. Just for anyone who's listening, they they know exactly. They can identify who I am. I just like Eloise. That's quite a nice. It means God warrior. That's why I like it. A name compliment. It does, yeah. Yeah, It means I'm a warrior of love or it means God warrior. Okay. So if if you had a weapon. What weapon would you want? I'd probably use a sword. Yeah. I, I, and actually, I'll get onto this, actually, why I choose that <gasps> later. I'll tell you what, it will oh, all be revealed. Little tease, little a tease. A little tease for the end of the um, podcast. Oh Doing little God. teasers. Eh? <laughs> right, so before we get going, before I give you the first question, or before Luke asks the first mm-hmm. question, whoever does the first question, I'm just going to remind the listeners that you can, in fact, get in touch with us. You can find us on Facebook, search Our Walk. You can find us on Twitter, at Our Walk Pod. You can email us uh, with criticisms and questions and the lovely art. Send <laughs> <laughs> <Sandra> them pictures. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, what is this art attack? <laughs> If anyone was to draw me with a sword, I'd love to see it, please. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fan art of ourwalkpod uh, at gmail.com. Or we have a wonderful new website, ourwalkpod.com, which is where we'll be posting every episode and blog posts. And eventually we'll have things like videos and other such things. So keep your eyes peeled, follow that, and subscribe to this podcast. Hashtag more to come. <laughs> All right, first question, Ellie. What was your upbringing like? Where where were you born? What was your family like? Go right back to the start for us, please. Right back. Um, I was born in North London, and I was born into a Christian family. So my parents, for as long as I remember, um, actually ran a church together. But it started out originally in our house. So some of my earliest memories is praise and worship in my living room as a child. Um, and if my memory serves you right, eventually they ended up expanding into a more conventional church building and um, it was draw run with people that they knew. And we used to have this thing called funny money. So it was like paper money. And as kids, if when we used to do that like, kids club, if we remembered like Bible verses or got anything right, 
we used to win money and then we could go into like this tuck shop and we could buy <laughs> stuff with it. It's really clever. That's it's a really good really idea. Clever. It's I actually, funny money. Yeah. It's got, yeah, we used to go to funny money. It was wicked. Like it, I think it was good for us as kids because it gave us some kind of value for money and learn like. I mean, I don't know if the incentive in terms of you have to do good mm. to get money, mm. but um, yeah, it was cool. It was very creative. So some of these, these are some of my earliest memories of church as a child. Um, and I had a pretty good life. Like my family were all very close growing up. I'm still very close with a lot of my family. Um, How many are there in your immediate family? There's, I've got my sister, my brother, mm -hmm. um, so there's three of us siblings, yeah. um, but my, my mum's, I'll get on to this, but my mum's now remarried, so they've also, she's got a child now with um, her second marriage. Okay. And I have two stepsisters and a stepbrother also from that marriage. Oh, okay. cool. And um, my mum had like, I think there was like six of them all together, so I have a lot of cousins and I have a lot of aunts and uncles. Mm. Whereas my dad's the total opposite, he had just one brother, so I have, they were a very small family compared to my mum's side. Um, but yeah, we was all very close growing up, um, pretty happy upbringing, and then I would say it kind of went the opposite way when I was about 11 years old and um, my mum left my dad, and um, I think we just had like 10 years of um, real despair I think as a family following that decision, um, so um, I would say that part of growing up was very confusing for me because my dad continued to go to church growing up but my mum didn't mm. so in fact I'd say my mum probably chose a completely opposite lifestyle so growing up was a bit of a confusing time because Almost, yeah do you reckon that was rebellion definitely part, I mean or... I'd love for her to hear this back, yeah. but yeah because I've spoken to her about it before and she's actually coming back to God now but yeah. um and this is actually very very recently a decision that she's made but for a long time, yeah, I'd say it was a deliberate decision on her part to leave church. And that's um, during your um, teenage years as well. That was from like it? 11 so, years. Uh, yeah, so that's, they're very like formative years. Mm. For, you know, if you're saying your whole, stuff. that decade from when you were 11 mm. to 21 or so, that's, yeah. you know, they are important years. Yeah, right? so, so to have that as well, that must have been, yeah, quite tough, I imagine. Yeah, it was. I think it was. It's, um, my dad has um, always been very consistent with his faith and um, actually now looking back and I have such an appreciation for that because I think as a child where my mum was very free spirited with us and we just kind of could do whatever we wanted, you'd do that one weekend or one week when you were with my mum and then on the opposite week I'd go with my dad and then my dad's very kind of strict with us. We used to go to church and I think as, as a as an adolescent, I kind of drifted more towards my mum's way because that way I could do whatever I wanted to do. Mm. So, um, but that wasn't necessarily a conscious decision. I just think I struggled with the two extremes of being in church, but then also kind of having the opposite life where you could just do whatever you wanted. And I think just your identity when you're growing up around that is very confused, a bit mixed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'd say that um, growing up was very tough. Like, my mum got remarried and I didn't have a very good relationship with my stepdad. Um, he was like an alcoholic and he would gamble and, and um, actually just not a very nice person to be around. And then, whereas my dad um, always the one who was at the driving force to go to university, do well at school, go through college. So, so he actually sustained us as well a lot financially as well during that period. So he was um, a real rock. And as was my nan, actually, my mum's mum. It's absolutely amazing, and um, even when my mum left my dad, she was the one that kept us all together. I'd say that she was 
a very strong role model, female role model in my life was my nan. So, um, so yeah, so that was up until probably about the age of um, 19, I went to university. So I went to study social work. That's actually in itself, I think, a miracle because I didn't study pretty much throughout <laughs> college. I mean, I definitely didn't really revise. Um, I was a bit of a rebel when I went to college and bunked a lot of the time and didn't really turn up to many of my lessons. And what I did was probably hungover. So <laughs> it's actually, I, I think my dad used to think I was revising, but I wasn't revising. I was probably more likely on my phone. But then I'd tell him I'd been revising. He'd just assume I had been and I'd just go off and then go out with my mates. Mm. Um, so it's very good in some respects I managed to pass because <laughs> then I went to uni and then um, and um, but at this point I wasn't living at home I'd been kicked out of my house I think when I was like 18 for being very naughty I was a bit of a rebel and kind oh, of wow. just I was a bit of a nightmare to look after I think as um, as a teenager um, just did whatever I wanted to do and actually I think I was just hurting a lot I think yeah. I never got over my mum and my dad's divorce that really 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 hurt me when I was a child and um, I think I internalised it so much like I speak to my dad now and he was saying to me like at the time when I was like 11 when it was happening that for two years I was on my best behaviour as if I thought that was going to make a difference mm -hmm. and then when it didn't I just completely went the opposite way and was just like oh well doesn't matter, I can just, nothing makes a difference. I think I just internalised that experience and I carried that unconsciously throughout my upbringing and then just having the combination of them both having very different lives and different role models in my life, I just didn't find the whole experience particularly easy in terms of identifying with who I was. and was wandering, I think, for ages. And then, um, and yeah, so um, I wouldn't describe my childhood from that, periods is a particularly happy one mm -hmm. on the honesty. Um but yeah, so um went but then when I went to uni, um my nan a pinnacle point in terms of I know you're gonna get onto the second point about when you met God, so this kind of does time that so maybe I shouldn't no, start right. on this just, one. But just keep going. I I was um when my nan got diagnosed with cancer when I was nineteen and I was like staying with her in between university and um you know, term times that you go in between homes and you know, so I was living with her in East London at this point. And when I went back to see her, the day I got back for the Easter holiday, she got diagnosed with cancer that day and she actually died, I think, just the day after I left back to uni. In a way, it was amazing in the sense of that I got to literally be there right from the day one to the end because that gave me some closure because I was so close to her that in some respects I was thankful that I could be there for that whole process with her because if I hadn't have been I think that would have been um, more damaging but um, yeah so she passed away in those four weeks but that was a shock for all of us as a family and that really kind of rocked the boat so to speak and I don't think any of us have fully been the same since so that just is a testament really to just how solid a role model she was and how much she was there for us as a family during that period but um, yeah, so she um, passed away and I think after that, that did give me some perspective. I did want to work harder at university. I don't know what it was about that experience, but it just kind of made me realise just how precious actually life is. Yeah. And that um, it was so unexpected. You just don't know when your time's going to come. Mm. And I think, um, and also I just felt like it was God as well that allowed me to be there from the moment it kind of happened to the end. That allowed me that special time and quite precious time actually to be with her. But because I couldn't focus during that period on my studies, um, I ended up going part-time. So I did my degree over four years, not three. 
because I stayed at home and looked after my granddad for a year. So mm. he had like a mini stroke after she died because he of the shock. Mm. So I stayed and was like his carer for a while. Um, so in a way, it did kind of help me to separate from some of the... I had quite a bad peer group around me at that time, I think. Not everybody, but I was definitely probably hanging around with people I probably shouldn't have been. So um, actually having that year out made me start fresh when I did actually go back to uni for my second year. But you know how uni works. Your first year doesn't really go mm, towards your yeah. final grade. So your second year was like time to keep my head, put my head down and really focus. Mm. So. so, well, that's quite, quite... <laughs> <laughs> quite an upbringing I guess so, yeah I know. Uh, how did it affect so you kind of said you didn't study or revise or anything did mm. it, how did it affect like relationships at, at school at secondary school like at, like that side of the things did it, were you like getting detentions all the time or like um yeah I didn't I, I think um and this is something even till today that I'm working on I think um definitely I had a lot of really good friends and then when I went to college I kind of like, I don't know the word hijacked, I, I kind of abandoned a lot of my school friends to hang out with a completely different crowd when I was in college and looking back on it it's a bit scary how I didn't feel, how how I could do that so easily. Mm. Um, so um, I had a really good group of friends during school who actually more recently I've started to rekindle um, friendships with but actually at that time I was kind of more interested in just getting wasted, just getting into trouble all the time, I was bunking off all the time and that was, I found a group that I could do that with and my school friends weren't like that. Mm. So I think I was just going through this really rebellious stage that now if I look back on it, it was just kind of me just self-sabotaging a little bit. Um, so yeah, so I think in terms of my relationship, it wasn't an intentional thing, I don't think it ever is, it's just, I think I was just carrying, I think because my experiences with my parents and then seeing some broken relationships with my mum, I hadn't had many positive exemplars of mm. what a good relationship looks like. Um, I didn't really understand what that was and I think um, having seen so many broken relationships growing up, it didn't, it, that perhaps was the familiar thing, it was yeah. the thing, so I didn't really think much of it when, I didn't definitely didn't have many good relationships with guys at that time, I don't think I was even interested in having relationships to be honest with guys at that time, so um, I just kind of did my own thing, whatever I felt like doing I would just do, that was, I think that's probably the best way to put it, I just did whatever I felt like, don't sound like a very good person, <laughs> do I, oh my goodness, I'm awful. Well, we're, we're going to get on to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so during this, because you said your dad was sort of still going to church after the mm. breakup, uh, were you still attending church or like, but just sort of going because it was kind of like part of the routine that you were sort of brought up on, or was there a moment where you just completely stopped going to church and everything altogether? Mm, yeah, I'd say I wasn't involved in church. I always believed in God. Right. I never, I never doubted the existence of God, but. Um, I didn't go to church and I was so far removed from church. When I used to go, I just didn't feel like I belonged there. Mm. Um, and I didn't have anyone my own age as well. I think that's the big thing. A lot yeah. of the people that my dad went to church with were his similar age to him. Mm. And it was so good for him growing up. Because we used to go, he sometimes when we were kids, we used to go to like Christian um, weekends away and stuff. And that was more for his healing from my mum's relationship, that right. where that broke down. And it did a lot of good for my dad. Um, but I didn't affiliate with it really at all. I didn't have anyone my own age and I didn't really understand a lot of it either. Um, and obviously, like I was saying, because my mum, I, I kind of just kind of drifted away from church growing up. So I was bored a lot of the time as well. It wasn't, didn't really interest me at all. It, 
but I wasn't I did I never existed to, I didn't ever doubt that God existed I just wasn't particularly interested in yeah in church life yeah yeah um I think that's the same for sort of most people that sort of um when they drift away from church you know if there wasn't something so substantial there to like cement that faith mm. it's easy to drift away and still have somewhat of a um like an idea of that you know that there, there, there is a god that exists but it's just when everything else that comes with that you're like i don't really believe in that stuff there's there's something a being that has created all of us but probably it's not necessarily this one but i'm just going to do my own thing and live my life uh, my own way I think, unless you have any more questions, see, that's a good place to end part one. We'll come back with part two and we'll talk a bit more about you encountering God or moments of encountering God and um, how that has sort of cemented your faith. So, yeah, see you in a bit. I'm going to go for a wee. <laughs> And I'm back from the toilet. <laughs> wow, thanks for the details. Yeah. Did you wash your hands? Oh, crap, I'll oh, be right that's, back. Oh, that's, that's imperative. You have to wash your hands. Yeah, no, I, I definitely did. Um, so many clients don't know, do they? Sorry? Oh, yeah, I've so got people... I When I go to the... No, this is not related at all. No. <laughs> I have people that I go to the toilet at work and yeah. I have now seen people not wash their hands so often I know they just do not wash their hands <laughs> and I can identify them as well because I've, like, I've just been in there at the same time as them and they've not washed their hands often enough so I'm like oh that guy never washes his hands when he goes to <laughs> which to me is just like lovely his parents lovely. have messed up someone like, and he's probably touching a keyboard oh, with that oh, and, oh. yeah awful this is such great content <laughs> holding shaking hands this is such great content for <laughs> never shake yeah, his hands yeah. sorry, sorry we'll, listeners we'll do a whole I do, separate we, we episode we wash our hands don't we so yeah. 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 we'll do a whole separate do. episode about hygiene and stuff is just, so look forward to that mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Hygi hygiene blog <laughs> how to wash your hands I'll <laughs> wash yeah there you go that's an idea for our podcast I'll wash <laughs> <laughs> Right, you're the one who was like, though. I was a chair for a chair. <laughs> yeah, don't say okay. that on the podcast. Okay. People are going to be like, what is going on? Let's get back on track. Right, back on track. Okay, back sorry, on track. Okay. So, Eloise, we um, heard in part one, I'm just going to keep talking while Steve's laughing. Heard in um, part one all about sort of your upbringing from childhood, from your parents splitting up and going through yeah. a, a 10 year period of um, just like a rebellious stage yeah. and struggling with life and stuff. And then obviously mm. the unfortunate. Uh, passing off your grandmother and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, from all that, where where do we pick up? You know, in your life, and what sort of did that lead to moments of you encountering God, and how? You know, just just go, just go. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, from like I say, definitely from twenty one was the main first ever proper encounter, um, and that was when I went on this encounter weekend that my dad took me away from and I reluctantly agreed to go on originally because he was paying money into my bank account and I was a student around this time but he was, I didn't ask him, he was just doing it so mm. I felt like some level of guilt because when he originally was like do you want to come I was like oh no not really interested but then I thought oh I kind of should because he's been really nice to me at the minute so I feel like I should spend some time with him so I said yes and then um, went away and um, it was, I think there was probably like four or five hundred people there and it was like a weekend where they were doing loads of workshops and you stay in this hotel. 
Um, so it was him and my stepmom and I went and um, I can't remember what day it was but like I think on the first day actually one, one thing that really stood out to me on the first day was we were sat there and my dad said something like oh I can really feel the presence of God and I had no idea what that meant mm. but it was like as soon as he said it I was like kind of a little bit taken aback by it because I was like what does that even mean mm. so it's I've never forgotten that when he said that and I kind of thought I'd love to know what he meant by that what that means so um i think like two days into the actual weekend itself we did this workshop and this guy um who was a prophet was there and my dad does prophecy so i'm not completely estranged to it i never i never really understood it because i didn't go to church like i said really with my dad before but i did know he could prophesy so um so this guy eventually anyway he was doing this talking he was talking about his life and and how he'd also had a very chaotic life um, prior to meeting God and he kind of like pointed at me and I thought he was pointing at someone behind me originally I was kind of like what was he looking at me like, <laughs> yeah I was like why me why me and then he was like oh you know stand up so I was like oh gosh I feel and I could feel my knees shaking I was so nervous and he was he, he was saying a lot of stuff he says like oh you've been really close to the line before and people have been worried about you but God's saying he's not worried about you and he's um he said something about my hair, like my hairstyles set people up for guessing who I was. I didn't really understand that bit. But then he was like, um, the bit that really stood out, he said, um, you're going to go into areas where no one else can go and God really trusts you with the humanity that he's going to give you. And I was like, whoa, mm. oh my goodness. And then I just, I was changed immediately after that. I can't explain it. I was just, I think because I was so confused anyway about my identity, hearing something like that, when you feel like you're hearing the word of God and something that powerful, you're like, wow so um after that i kind of had a bit of a dramatic change in the sense of my actual faith like my faith was kind of far stronger from that experience and i started going to a church like um locally um when i was at university from 21 till i finished and it was um a pentecostal church and it was actually to be fair looking back it was quite a legalistic church but actually at that time of my life it was probably what I needed because it was so disciplined mm. so instilled in me for two years hard discipline <laughs> which I probably needed at that mm. time so I think I grew it but it was brilliant in terms of just at that time maybe distancing myself from certain people really knuckling down at university and it was so like all the sermons were so fiery so it was like can you imagine like the praise and worship was just like so much energy that people used to come with so you used to be excited to go to church as well because um each sermon there was like the guy in the pulpit would be like almost like shouting at us and i'd be like whoa <laughs> so it was cool it was really good and then i had um and i got through university really well i got a really good degree i had really good friends and turned my life around pretty dramatically for those two years i kind of was a little bit of a recluse kind of kept my head down for two years i think i need to do that my degree was really full on as well because I was doing social work and it was like placement mixed with academia. Mm. So you was working as well as studying. So um, it was, I just kind of fixated on that when I wasn't at church. And my relationships with my dad definitely improved following that experience and probably with most people actually. Mm. And then, and then after that, I kind of was like a bit of a wanderer after that because I moved around so much for my job and just in general because my... Um, I moved back home for a bit in Essex and then I was living in other parts of Essex with a friend and so I just didn't settle for a really really long time I was moving around loads um, and um, had um, 
just kind of did my own thing for a while actually, probably, if I'm honest. Um, I done really well my work so I've done like four or five years of like um, social work and got loads of frontline experience and kind of found myself at the right place at the right time meeting lots of different people kind of in that field mm. and done really well in my job so um, and then I saved enough money to go travelling so I did I went travelling for all five months and then was planning originally to stay in Australia but it didn't happen nice. where did you go travelling? Um, I went to Thailand New Zealand, um, Indonesia, and Oz. Nice. But I've done like lots of travelling in between anyway for the last five years because I've got friends and I've got friends that like travelling. So we've done loads of little trips. My dad um, was travelling for like four or five years for his job, so I used to go travelling with him sometimes. So done a lot of like globe trotting. My stepmom, she's Bayesian as well, so she's from the Caribbean. So I've done a few places. I mean, I'm quite a son, very lucky that I am, very mm. happy that I've done. <laughs> and that's always been a dream of mine growing up. My dream, I have, I have like memories of like looking at my window as a child and looking at the world and thinking, oh, I really want to travel the world. So it's a dream come true, really, that I've actually managed to do that in, in adult life. Mm. But I wouldn't say, I wasn't really in church, but that wasn't so much of a conscious thing. I've always think, since that experience I've just explained, I've really... I, I don't know how you guys would explain when you feel the Holy Spirit. Like, I mean, everyone explains you, it differently. Yeah, what would you say? Because, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm, it's really hard to explain. It really it's hard, hard to put into words. Everyone has a struggle. No one ever has a quick response to that mm. question. They're like, oh well, it's uh, yeah, massive. I it change, It depends what <laughs> the Holy Spirit's doing. So for me, if if I'm being convicted or reminded of how much I'm loved or something, I'll cry. Yeah. And I'm not really a crier, so, you know, that, it, I always cry and just sob for ages. If uh, if it's more like a, like a guidance thing, I just feel, like, compelled to do something that I normally wouldn't really mm. think about doing, and it's kind of like, oh, I should do that, and then, you know, so... It's like it, it, it awakens something within mm. you, so, like, you know, same reasons, like, if it, if, I, if it makes me cry, it's like, maybe it's because I needed to cry, because there was something I was just sort of... Um, burying deep down yeah. and then moments where it's guidance or just uh, empowering you know me just sort of encouragement it's something that I needed to hear and so I feel a bit more as I should you know when you're being encouraged and you know empowered you know a bit more sort of lively and energetic and just overall happiness it's yeah it's hard to put into words mm. it is but yeah so for you what was yeah it's kind of going back to what you know I said that my dad was like I can really feel the presence of God I actually mm. think I can literally feel the presence of God like it's like a a gush around mm. you yeah do you know what I mean and do you ever mm. get like a shiver sometimes yeah. where you, yeah, yeah so it's yeah. like an act so I know what you're saying in terms of like your inner conviction like but in terms of like when you're sitting and praying or like you're kind of each day to day you can really feel that like God is with you and that's what I felt yeah. like ever since that encounter weekend that I went on I've, oh, wow. even when I wasn't in church I always knew God was with me that whole time mm. um, and that was like a physical thing as well as a mental thing in terms of what you're saying like mm. you, you're thinking things that you wouldn't normally think and you'd be like I've got pressing on you on your heart to do something yeah. but it's also something you can actually physically feel in with yeah. you. But it gives you a lot of confidence as well doesn't it in, in God um, knowing that whatever happens you know he's always got your back and that he's always got the best sort of plan for you and stuff and even during through tough times it's hard to remember that sort of thing you know you're going through a really tricky time and you're like god where are you in this moment but then when you look back 
uh, when you get past those dark storms, you look back and you think about how it's formed and shaped you into the person you are today, and you think, do you know what? I'm better off being this person because of that happened, you know, because of what happened. And God ne- doesn't necessarily make these bad things happen, but He can use them to form us into stronger and better people. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I totally preach, preach. That is yeah. so true. <laughs> That's so true, actually. I was actually thinking about this recently. I was thinking, like, those experiences I've had aren't particularly positive, but actually, I think I went through them and. Like, for example, my mum, like, she was with my dad and they were in a Christian household for years and years and years and then she did the complete rebellion, whereas I've kind of done the rebellion first and then come out of that thinking that's not actually what I want for my life and actually I want the opposite. I want what God wants for my life. But I've seen how catastrophic the other way can be. My own experiences as a child seeing what happened to my mum. So mm. um, it's not sense. I don't think it was ever what God planned, but it shows you where your choices can lead to if you choose to do the opposite of what God had designed mm. or planned for your life. So, so uh, do you have any questions? I have one more question. On. Um, so, what since since that moment, those moments, what have you put into place in your life, like routine-wise or something, to help you keep that relationship with God sort of strong? Like, you know... Do you read the Bible every day or make sure you do? Um, pray, listen to worship every day. Like, what kind of routine do you have yeah. in that sort of sense? Uh, well, yes, what happened was, um, you know, I said I was wandering for a little while. Mm. Um, so I actually started coming here, like, last November, right. I think it was, or October. And um, before this, I was in, a, like, a relationship with someone, and that broke down. But I actually um, left this person because um, I was getting really bad nightmares and panic attacks. And it's a long story. I won't go too much into it, but I knew that it was something. I it was it wasn't he- it wasn't good. I definitely don't think that the experience I was having. I think it was quite a toxic relationship, in fact. And then um, my sister, she's a Christian, and she's been married, and with, she was with her partner for eight years. But I rang her, and I was like, you know, this is this is what's happening. Um, sorry, I'm not going off on a tangent, Nick. It will feed into what you're saying. No, it's all right. Um, I know what you're saying. Have, it sounds like I'm not answering the question. I'm just going to lead <laughs> on to that question. I, because, I, because the truth is, for a long time, I wasn't really reading my Bible or listening to praise and worship, and I'm yeah. trying to get onto how this has more recently happened. Um, so, um, yeah. So. I wasn't thinking that at all. I was waiting for it to come around. <laughs> I wouldn't be thinking that. It wasn't like, that. well, that wasn't answering <laughs> was like, my question. I just realised I was like, no. waffling on, and I was like, come on answering the question just get, no 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 it's um, fine it's fine <laughs> um, getting on to it I promise and then I just won't ask you the question again <laughs> yeah don't ask me questions you can't follow structure that's the answer there you go <laughs> yeah. um, so um, yeah and then um, uh, so but this was actually after um, a host of things and I just kind of was like, spoke to my sister and she said like, I really think you should go find a church and get prayed for that was like her only response she's like I have nothing else to tell you other than you need to go and get prayer because it was really bad anxiety I was definitely under some kind of attack I even knew it I was like this isn't right so I've never had this before and I can't sleep and I'm, can't, I'm waking up with anxiety every day so um, I originally didn't plan to come to this church. I was trying to find, get to a church um, in Wokenham, I think. I just found anything on Google and then went to the train station. All the trains were delayed. And I remember seeing it. And the guy was like, oh, I don't know when the train's going to be running. I was like, right, so I need to pretty much run now to a church, which I know is going to be open. And I saw this church open on the way through the Oxford Road, on the way to um, the station. I went in. And I have to say, the inside of this building is so different to what I expected when I walked in. Like, the outside, you would never guess how big it is inside and, like, how modern it looks. But 
Um, I don't even remember what the sermon was about or anything. I just remember praying at the end because they offer you, they say, do you want to come up for prayer? And I started praying with Ruth and I just started crying, like bursting out with tears. And then she, I think she tried to then immediately sign me up to a cell group. <laughs> Because um, I didn't really know what was going on. I just remember being pulled out at the end and being signed up for something. And then I was like, right, I'm going to go and get a tea now. So I went and sat um, at the tea and coffee station. And then Sylvia came up to me and she goes, oh, I really feel like God is saying I need to come and chat to you. And I was like, okay. And she started asking me loads of questions about when I was a Christian and a little bit about my life. And I kind of felt like, why is she asking me all this stuff? And I kind of felt like I had to tell her. Mm. But there was a part of me that wanted to not tell her, but mm. I kind of felt like I had to. And then I just started, like, just all this stuff just started coming out. And I didn't even know why I was telling her all this stuff, because she's really in essence, she's a total stranger. And then um, as I was telling her, I just couldn't stop crying. And then I said to her, you know, I feel so much pain that I didn't realise I had. And for, I just could not stop crying the entire time. And she was praying over me. As she was praying over me, I was having visions of me as a child. Mm in praise and worship with God. And then I had another vision, and she was describing, by the way, these visions. Like, she's actually seeing what I am seeing as we're praying. And she's like, um, and then I had this other vision of when, you know, I was saying before about how I internalized things as a child. I mm. started to have visions of me doing that as a child. And then basically, I think God was going right, right back. Mm. And all that pain that I'd carried from those experiences, you know, where those seeds come from, in terms of where he was at the peak as a child in my life, and then the, having the opposite, where I kind of went downhill, it just all started coming out. And for a week, I couldn't stop crying. Like, I had to take spare makeup and stuff to work, because I just couldn't <laughs> stop crying. I'm not kidding, uh, it was unbelievable. And then I, I know what that's like. It was, uh, it was immense, it was absolutely immense. And I felt really embarrassed, because I couldn't stop crying. And I was like, on the phone to my sister, I was like, yeah, I can't control it. Like, it all is, it's just, I'm healing from stuff, clearly. And she's like, oh, do you want me to tell dad? Because dad will be really excited. And I was like, no, I'm too scared to tell him. So then my dad rang me and then I was talking to my dad and then my dad was like, let's pray together. And that helped because then I started praying with my dad about things that had been going on as a child and then in other things that had happened in my other relationships, including the one I just left. And I was like, you know, I can't move forward in any of my relationships until this is dealt with. Mm. So, um, so yeah, so that was awesome. And then after that, I kind of started coming actively to this church mm. and I kind of knew it was home from the minute I kind of walked in actually. And that is when I started, going back to your question, mm. reading my Bible every day. Oh, we got that in the we end. Yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reading my it's Bible, good praying, stuff, so. yeah. and yeah, listening to praise and worship, never like I have ever done before. Like I've yeah. read my Bible before, but now it really reads truth. Everything that I'm sitting there, I'm starting from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Um, and I know, I don't know how people would normally advise to do it. If you was a new Christian, I'd say do the New Testament, but I'm not really a new Christian. I kind of know yeah. quite a lot about the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting from the beginning and as if it's all afresh and then just letting the words read out. And then I write each time I'm going through each book in the Bible, I just write out on my phone my favourite verses from each book. And I love it. It's That's like, great. it's really cool. And I mm. love it. It's just, it's. I'm so thankful because I do feel like I have this inner peace now that I didn't have and I didn't realise I was missing for so long. Cool. Right. Well, we've we've touched on after God. Only touched. Touched. Um, oh yeah. Sorry, I've already got into no, 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 fully. No. <laughs> we've not fully hugged it. But, um, yeah. No. We've touched. No. We've gone into some of the detail. But and you've talked about not being able to move on and grow mm. in, so we're gonna part three we're gonna talk about how you've moved on and grown in your faith so let's 
have a break first, hey? And we're back! <laughs> Part <Wow>. three. <laughs> it's all the sugar from the Haribo's. Yeah, we're eating Haribo at the moment. Um, we're back now with part three. Eloise, you have touched on a little bit about how um, coming to know God and building that relationship with him has sort of changed your life a little bit in part two. Um, what sort of other personality or aspects of your personality do you think has sort of changed since you've made this sort of massive commitment um, in your life and built your relationship with God? Hmm. Like, would you say you were a rude person beforehand, or have you always No. Been? No? Not that I'd Maybe say, I don't think of yourself as rude. No, exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, yeah, that's true, actually. We, all, we always think we're doing the right thing, don't yeah, we? I, well, I never think, go, think of myself and go, oh, I'm a rude person. I don't, I mean, I'm not sure anyone would describe I'm, me. I'm always rude, rude, but unintentionally. I'm like. Luke, I, I don't think, think you've just... ever been rude. I, I'm neither of you. I've never I think I'm just abrupt okay. sometimes. I just say stuff and people assume that I'm an awful man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, right. Guys, come on. Yeah. We, we keep going off track. What's going on? Um, about my personality. Yeah. yeah. I think. Okay, so you know what's saying about the sword thing at the beginning? Mm. Here, we Here we go. Here we go. I've been waiting for this the whole episode. Yeah, alone. Have you really? No. <laughs> See, that could have been rude. <laughs> but, okay, I'll start. I didn't take that badly, sorry. <laughs> um, one of the things I... I um, sorry, I'm eating the Harry Bros, so they probably can't hear me. Um, right, so um, one of the things that I had... Right, so I don't, I'm a little bit strange. I like to uh, pray when I'm in the shower. I know this sounds a bit odd, but it's like the one place where nothing can distract me. Hmm. And so I kind of like... Or if I'm in the bathroom, I just kind of sit and I'm like thinking about things. And um, I had... Bit, this bit of a weird place to have a vision but I had a vision of me like um na- kneeling before the throne and I think I was like speaking in tongues as well actually when I was doing this and then um, and I just remember having this vision so one what happened originally was I was still battling with this relationship where I was in before I came to church and still kind of I, it sounds really weird but I was felt like I was mourning this person where I'd broken up with this person and still loved them and then knew it was wrong for me so it was like I had to actively make the decision to leave um so I was I physically saw myself in this vision handing him in my hand to God and saying you can have this situation I can't because I can't do it in my own power and then straight after doing that I um then had a vision of me kneeling with a sword before the throne and I felt like that kind of I never thought about my name and my meaning even though people told me what it meant growing up but then it kind of made me think oh God is really wants me to fight for him and his cause and he has made me a warrior whatever that means I'm still growing I'm still trying to understand exactly what that is but I did feel like that was God's kind of revealing something about who what I was made to be mm. and um I think because in my work so what I'm like outside of work and what I'm like inside it's very different if you saw me inside of work you probably wouldn't recognize me because I'm like quite fiery at work um so with my job I'm an advocate for people I'm like interested in social justice and um, I've taken the responsibility really strongly on myself to like try and do the best for people as mm. part of my role and having that empathy for people and really um, trying to safeguard people. So, um, that you know what I was saying before that I feel like I've done really well in my job, I do genuinely think that that is God because it's like I've got an instinct for it. Like, mm. um, 
And I think um, one thing that's happened, you know, you're saying about what's happened since you've come back to God. Well, I've recently applied to do my master's and that international development's been floating around in my head for a number of years. Mm. Um, and I'm like, if you look back to when I was at school and I didn't even study and you look at me now, that is honestly God, because I genuinely don't know how I've got through these years unless it was God kind of moving. Mm. And then... International day it was floating and I just kind of played with the idea. Just made did the, I had a really bad week at work where I couldn't get the care that I needed in for people because there's a lack of systems and funding for it. So I got really frustrated with myself and was praying about it and I felt like God was saying you need to apply to do this masters. Applied to do the masters and in the space of a day I had a conditional offer mm-hmm. on it. And then got an un- unconditional offer not long after when I got my references all sent through. And it all just kind of happened. And it was like, and and I felt like God was, um, it kind of goes back to that prophecy as well, where God was saying, trust you with the humanity is going to give you. Because I feel like I want to be able to create local policy. I want to be able to do procedures that actually enhances people's lives within the community setting and, and provides care to people. So um, these are like a dream that's just kind of, I'm seeing actually um, unfolding. And I do think that... Um, if you look back to the person I was 10 years ago, to the person I am today, I was just such a radical change, it mm. really is. And I think, um, like, I'm just an ordinary person, but I have a heart for people. I think God wants to use that to touch the lives of others. And I think if he can put me in places where he can do that, then I'm happy to go. Mm. So, but I think that it's kind of like that strong kind of sense of, like, I feel like I need to do this. And I think that comes from maybe just understanding God's love for people, understanding his desire to see community come together and wanting to see that in my own life and be a part of that. So yeah, so I'd say that's happened. I think just what I was saying as well about the peace as well, having a lot of inner peace now that I didn't have before, um, I feel like that's improved my friendships, relationships, even people, my friends, and my friends are like, oh, you seem really well. And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think people can start to see that I have changed um, and it's, it's not anything that I've done in my own power. Like, it's literally God has just intervened and done this thing and then <laughs> I've come out the other end, I suppose. So it's, yeah, I feel like, um, I think obviously this church has made a big difference as well because I was actually in a bit of a place where I didn't know if I was going to leave Reading or not um, in November. So, because I started here as a locum and then they said they couldn't afford to keep me on on my contract. I'd have to take a pretty big pay cut to stay permanent. And then I was like, oh, I really love the church and I really like my work but this is a big this is a big leap because that means I'm officially leaving all my family I'm leaving all my friends from home but I felt like God really wanted me here and I feel like he's planted me here for a reason to the extent of that I don't know just yet but I feel like I had this peace that I didn't feel like I didn't have peace about leaving basically I felt whilst when I was praying about it I felt like God was saying I need to stay and now since I've stayed things have just been one by one happening whether it's the masters or being here, it's just like meeting new people as well. There's people in this church that are awesome and just kind of welcome you in as their family. So I think without this church, I probably wouldn't have stayed, to be honest, because I wouldn't have really known anyone and I wouldn't have felt like I had a home. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it's been good. It's like, it's not, it's not just before. I think there's been a series of things before I came to this church, but I definitely think I've felt a change since that prayer that Sylvia did with me last mm. last year. Wow. That's great. Um, so... As we talk to people when they have these sort of moments of um, encountering God and stuff, and then they their, their lives have changed. Um, obviously, we we in this world we live in bad stuff. Sort of still happens. Has there been anything since these moments um, 
that have been quite a struggle for you, but you've managed to keep going through in life because of God, or it, it's not fussed you as much as it probably would have pre-encountering mm. God. Has there been any moments like that of mm. um, struggle? Or I think it's not so much like actual circumstances, it's more in terms of my character, mm. or like me as a person, I feel like God is like making, I'm having to unlearn and learn some things. So like certain traits that I had maybe, um, so for example, like I really, really struggled to settle down anywhere or like, you know, and that's not been very good for relationships, but and I'm not a very patient person either. Mm -hmm. So these are all things that I feel like God is, trying, is revealing to, to me about myself and I'm trying to do better at because I think for anything, with, with any kind of relationship or any kind of situation, you need to have certain attributes, you know, so patience is pretty important, I think, for that. So that's something that I've, it's been quite a painful process of re realising you're not those things, you're not doing very well at that, and that's actually had quite a negative impact on your life in terms of certain things that you've done through. Mm. So um, I think like it's more just the character building at the minute than it is the trials and tribulations, mm, yeah. if that makes sense. All right, we like, we like to ask this question quite a lot on this podcast, but... Um, Don't ask it, Steve. Uh, okay. Come up with something I'll, new. I'll, think of a different way to phrase it mm -hmm. uh what did the eloise before you knew god as a friend and as a father mm. think about god that was wrong and you have since found out was wrong and you would like old ellie to know mm. that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh I, I mean, I'll, I can you, give an example. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah. ask her the simplified question. Right. I, well, okay, so I can basically give an example. Like, I, I, I remember before I thought of God as a friend and a father. I, I mean, I always had this image of him being distant, kind of, you know, stereotypical, on the cloud, floating away, kind of pointing at things, going this, 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 and kind of yeah. puppet master kind of thing. And that's kind of how I imagine God, which yeah. I've since, like, realised is totally not true. Yeah. So, like, kind of, I mean, the simple question is what would you like to tell old Ellie about God that she needs to know, kind of? Um, such a, do you know what I think it is? Like, I don't... Right, I think... I think tough question. Tough question. question. Ah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, I don't even know. I think I didn't understand the heart of God. Have you read... Have you ever had the book, The Father... Heart of God, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I've right? read it. Yeah. Okay, so my I got given this book when I um years ago and I think I judged or blamed God for certain things that had happened in my life that were bad. Like I kind of was like, why doesn't God intervene in this situation? Why did he allow me to go through that? And I think that's the partial free choice situation that I was trying to get my head around. It's too big for my little pea brain. So mm -hmm. I was like this book um, changed my life, I think, in terms of understanding the heart of God. I didn't understand what actual love meant without understanding God's heart for us. So I think just revelation in terms of that, because I'm, I guess I blamed God for a lot of things. I was quite angry with God. But actually, it was just, it was the choices that people have made that I should be peeved off, I guess, about, but not at God. But I don't know, so maybe just kind of being less hard on God about things and, like, kind of thinking that I know what's the right outcome and going along my own way and doing my own thing, and then when I don't get the outcome I want, then being angry with him that I didn't get the result that I wanted. So, I don't know if that's answering the question, because that's a really hard one. <laughs> don't really know. I have a question. That's a good question. Kind of similar, but probably not. So, 
I've not, I, I've probably known you since November or, or something when you started sort of coming along to church and stuff. Yeah. You've always been someone that I've seen as teenage girls could probably look up to someone like you. Like, so let's just say a teenage girl, oh boy, they come up to you, they really look up to you and they're, they're going through a difficult time, it could be with anything, and they're asking you, as a, as a Christian, Eloise, what do I do? What would you tell that little teenager? It depends on the situation. Like oh my <laughs> goodness. Okay, so... What would I do? Yeah, like, okay, so let's just say this teenager, they are going through the death of a family member mm. and they are questioning whether God is there, if he is there, oh, like that. Tough question. <laughs> but they are, they're not asking you if he's real or not. They are asking you, Eloise, mm. as a Christian, what should I do? What should I do? Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> God, that's so hard. Why are what's with these hard questions? Um, we like to test them. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. I don't remember hearing all these questions on these other podcasts. We're changing up season two. Season two oh, is you're a whole switching different. it up. Yeah, you're switching absolutely. it up. Okay. Um, I what sounds a bit cliche, but I actually think if you not just in terms of um, once I've got, but actually time is such a massive healer, and I think sometimes when something. Um, negative happens we have a very emotive reaction to it and we can make some very rash dramatic decisions um, when these things happen and I think it's recognizing that and not doing something out of emotion out because you're angry or you know and have every right actually to feel those emotions I think mm. it's very human it's yeah. just about being able to have the wisdom to not do so for example what I would do and um, immediately act on those emotions and be angry immediately with God um, about something perhaps that's happened and um, but actually it's good to ask questions and it's good to sit on it for a little bit and then um, work your way through those emotions and allow time to heal and pray for healing as well but I would I, but I think but in terms of what you would do, I mean, I don't know what you mean by what you would do. I think it's just me in terms of like what your response should be to it. Pray and pray, obviously. Mm -hmm. Luke, by the way, is just kind of like <laughs> indicating you should right, be saying I'm prayer. Just trying, I'm just trying well, to that's the out. obvious, I suppose. Because as, as always, as we always tell our guests, we like to sort of end part three on, on somewhat of an inspirational sort of message. Yeah. You know, Inspire like us, Ellie. So when, let me just say, so, prayer, this teenage, so this yeah. teenager, right, you've, you've just told that to a teenager. It's all good, by the way. <laughs> Nothing but wrong not with But not the answer <laughs> that Luke was It's not the for. thing we want for this he podcast. He wanted me to say just pray. Yeah, no, yeah just pray, <laughs> end. That's it. No. Um, so you said... <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving it over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> But do you think, wait, 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 when you pray, like, do you feel like you have like a little, like an actual chat with God? It's really, I, I feel like I sit and talk to him like he's a mate. Like, yeah. So, so sometimes I've been talking to him. And I'm just I've like, gotten to that stage now where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just talking to God, mm. you know, I'm actually having a conversation. But sometimes it's still, I still feel like I'm praying to him, you know, and like yeah. I'm, I'm just saying stuff to him yeah. and asking for stuff. Um, All right, so, I've got a question. Okay, I'm go on, Steve. You've got a teenager that comes up to you and says, why should I pray? What did you say? That was going to be my question. Because God has a purpose for your life. 
He has a plan for your life and the only way you're going to have reveal the truth and direction of your life is through God, that channel. Prayer is a channel. Are you about to press end? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did now, you just press start? <laughs> I did, I did. Okay, I didn't get. I didn't give a bad answer. No, 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 That was a, a good answer. We've been having a giggling since part three. Oh, so funny. I mean, goodness people, me. people who know this podcast know that for part three we tried to end on like an inspiration, <laughs> and it kind of drifts out. Um, or ends on an inspirational note and kind of drifts out. And we were trying to drift out, and then he just goes, "Are you cutting me off? Are you? Are you what? Press <laughs> end." I was like, "Oh, it's from." No, no, oh, not a wrong answer, rips. just... That's so funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I basically spent a few... I just say it how I see it, yeah, obviously. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm a bit... I can't remember what I meant to say, be saying. Oh, yeah, prayer request. That's it. We're at a final part. We've, we've heard a lot of your life. We've been inspired. We've been encouraged. We've heard a lot of good stuff about you and your relationship with God and mm. your story. So... Well, uh, right now, if we're asking for listeners to pray, if we're saying we're going to be praying, what kind of things can we be praying for for you? Um, hmm. I think one thing that's worrying me, and I don't know if I should be worrying about this, but I is a little bit worrying, is that um, I'm going to be doing this Masters um, come September, and I have literally no idea how I'm going to financially afford to live for two years, because I'm going to be doing it part-time and going part-time as well with my job. Um, so it's going to be again another pay cut so I took a pay cut last year and I'm taking another bigger mm -hmm. chunk um, so I'm going to unless I can get a scholarship which I potentially could possibly get if I'm lucky but otherwise it would just be good if I could just have the means of getting through and I guess that probably needs a bit of prayer mm -hmm. to work out how to do definitely that definitely needs prayer yeah. that definitely needs prayer yeah and, um, and I guess just over future relationship as well that's pretty important for me currently single so and ready, ready to mingle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was like the obvious response for it. <sighs> um, so those are two pretty, pretty actually big, changing, life-changing things to pray about. So, I, you also got me on the. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> what? Don't, don't don't end it, Steve. <laughs> no, I don't know what Steve. Anyway, um, so right, yeah, yes. so I'd, look, I'd, pre I'd really appreciate prayer and just wisdom in all of those areas because I still feel like there's a lot I need to learn on, like you know, the healing thing. What I was talking about is just very fresh, and is I have, feel like certainly there's things definitely unfolding in my life, but it does need clear direction in those mm. areas, and so any wisdom I can have and any prayer I'd really really appreciate yeah well we'll definitely get on that and praying for you and uh, hopefully our listeners will be thank too you. um so yeah well thank you again Eloise it's been great just to our listeners if you'd like to get in contact with us or find us you can we have a Facebook page just type in our walk you can follow us on Twitter at our walk pod if you'd like to get in contact with us via email just with any um, questions or you'd like to be part of the show or as or Steve art. said at the beginning yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you'd like to send in artwork um, you can you just email ourwalkpod at gmail.com and you can visit us on our website ourwalkpod.com where you'll find all these podcasts you will find blogs and much more to come thank you Eloise I'm Luke that's Steve that's Eloise goodbye God bless have a good week I'm about to press stop <laughs> <laughs>